Praise God, praise God. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. All right. Here we go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I think I got all these cameras and videos and CDs and everything else recording up here. I think I got it all down. Amen. All this kind of stuff going on, I got to be real careful. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we've been going through a series here recently and started uh, a few messages ago, and the title to this series is Costly Illusions. We started out with, you know, what this is about is the illusions that this world follows and the things that they buy into and they believe that they're they're real. How many how many of you ever seen a an illusionist? There's some incredible illusionists. And uh man, they can really really convince the mind and the eye and the air and the senses that that the things that they're seeing and hearing and feeling are real when in fact they're just an illusion. I've seen many things, many times in my life that turned out to be an illusion. And no doubt you have as well. And so that's what this series is on, is not only illusions, but costly illusions. The first message was what the world is looking for, looking for quick. And the second message was looking for convenience or convenient. The third message tonight is going to be looking for comfort. (laughs) Just the other night, (laughs) Sister Tara said, oh no, oh no you don't. (laughs) This reminds me of that, or is everybody comfortable? (laughs) Amen. And, um, that tickles me because that uh, it really tickles me because I love this church so much. But you know, it really thrills my heart that that y'all know the titles to so many messages and and you really got them or you wouldn't have those. You know, you you, you wouldn't remember those unless you really understood them and got got the gist of it and understood the message. And so that thrills me. You know, it's good to have messages that that stick with you. You know, that's what it's that's what my job's really all about. It's not about just you know, standing up here going through the motions, but it's, standing, it's, it's to be here to teach and to... And there's nothing more gratifying to someone that's teaching than to have somebody learn what they're teaching. I mean, it's, it's just a wonderful thing, praise God, and it thrills my heart. <laughs> it just uh, kind of tickles me sometimes to hear y'all uh, size me up, you know, <laughs> or carve me up, as it were, <laughs> from time to time as well. But uh, anyway, praise God! It's a it's a wonderful thing to be uh, to be a part of this church and a part of the kingdom of God and part of this move. And I'm so thankful. But this world truly is is following an illusion if they believe that 
that the kingdom of God is, is comfortable. There are many, many reasons why the kingdom of God is not a place of comfort on this earth. Uh, so let's start getting some scripture tonight. Let's go to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27 and 17. You can stand with me for this brief reading tonight. Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. Everybody got it? Proverbs 27. Verse 17 says, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Father, for the next few moments here tonight, Lord, would you just use me as a mouthpiece, Master? Lord, I pray that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word and give us the spiritual eyes to see the path as you lay it out before us and give us the godly wisdom, Lord, to walk in that path. And we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Amen. The Bible tells you that iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Amen. You know what? I truly am your friend. I am a friend, and the Lord is our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But I'm going to tell you the difference in a friend and an acquaintance, or a friend and a, and, and a, and a, and a bought buddy. A friend will tell you what you need to hear. A friend ain't worried about going to tell you what you want to hear. But a friend, a true friend loves you. And somebody loves you will tell you what you need to hear. My wife comes to me sometimes and says, well, what do you think, honey? I'm like, have you lost your mind? I mean, are, what? I mean, put the pipe down and back away from it. What do you, you know? I mean, <laughs> she's... You know, she come in there, some crazy cockeyed thing on. I said, what the heck happened to you, honey? Is your blood pressure up? What are you, you know, <laughs> have you gone blind overnight or what's it? You know, oh, well, I got all these clothes in there and I need to wear them. I said, yeah, but, you know, put them together. I mean, <laughs> you know, but you know what? I mean, hey, and you know what? And then she'll come over to me and, and tell me straight up, yeah, it's your belly, you know. But, I went, I'd be like, I'm, I'm like, hey, where did that come into play at? Well, nobody's talking about no belly. What the heck did that, where did that come off of? We was talking about, you know, but you know what? <laughs> that's just part of, that's just part of, she loves me. Amen. She's not going to always tell me what I want to hear. Now, she does a lot of times, but she'll tell me also what I need to hear. And, and a, and a true friend will tell you, put the cupcake down. You're killing yourself, and you're killing me watching you kill yourself. Not, oh, Lord, is everybody is everybody there? Because I'm bringing chocolate dip, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate with double chocolate, backed up with chocolate, run over by chocolate, killed with chocolate, buried in chocolate, boxed in chocolate, and you can eat the box too. You don't even have to take it out of the box. Pour chocolate in the box, suck it up through a straw. <laughs> Here's a piece of conduit. Straw won't do it. I know y'all appreciate it. I saw y'all go back there. It took me a few minutes to get y'all prayed back through. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. 
I'll remember that when your daughter's teeth are falling out. You're talking about, well, you go, man, what's this kid eating candy around the clock? She asked for a cupcake, you know. Oh, no, no, no. See, okay, Satan. <laughs> okay, now that's not rightly dividing the word, okay? Now, you see, there's another one of those illusions that's a costly illusion. Amen. But, you know, the, the thing about it is, that's what the world's looking for. They're looking for that thing. They're looking for those things that are comfortable. They're looking for things that are quick. They're looking for things that are convenient. But those things are exactly the opposite of the kingdom of God. And so that's why those places are filled to overflowing and they've got money to burn. And these places like this are so slim pickings. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't trade one person in this church for 10,000 millionaires from any church. I wouldn't do it. I would absolutely, God is my witness, I would absolutely tell them, get out, stay out, don't come back. First of all, anybody getting y'all, I mean, I'll just tell you right now, you might as well go and tell whoever it is, you ladies, think somebody's going to come marry y'all out of this church? Oh, oh, no, no, no. See, y'all need, that's where you need to go and eat you some chocolate, cause that's what's gonna have to satisfy you if they're gonna take you out of this church. Cause ain't no man gonna do it, I can tell you right now. Remember, remember, I am a hunter. Okay? Amen. And I don't miss. I don't miss. So, <laughs> amen. But, uh, if they wanna come up in here and act right, and they wanna come up in here and go through the, go through the gauntlet, Passed the test, which, by the way, is a five-year test at the moment, at this moment. Now, we are going to a longer, more lengthy test probably at the end of the year. So if they want to get in here under the wire while there's still a five-year waiting list and testing, then they better get in for the end of the year is all I'm telling them. Anyway, but nevertheless, and, and that's an illusion. <laughs> that's an illusion, I'll tell you right now. If they think they're coming to get anybody out of this church, that's an illusion, absolutely. It's very costly. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm just going to kind of describe to you tonight a few things about this comfort thing. You know what comfort in the kingdom of God is? It's idleness. Idleness. Idleness, being idle. How many of you ever got home and, and you say, I'm going home, I'm going to get comfortable. What do you do? You take your clothes off, your dress clothes and all that. You take them, you take all those things off and you, and you put on your comfort, your comfort clothes or you just stay barefooted. I know, I know any country folks just stay barefooted. We're, we're from a country. We just leave them shoes off. And what's the first thing you do? You go find you a place to sit down. You go find your easy chair or your comfortable chair or your bed or wherever or your couch. And you throw your feet up, you kick back, and you what? You stop. Right. See, comfort is hand in hand with idle. Comfort is hand-in-hand hand with stop. Now, how many of you know that it's never a good idea to be comfortable when you're driving? 
Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, how many times you ever had to pull over and get out in the cold or something like that, smacking water in your face or want to drink some coffee, even coffee don't work or whatever it is you're drinking to stay awake and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. You know what? It, 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 some, you just have to get out and what are you doing? What are you doing? You're making yourself uncomfortable. That's what you're doing. You're doing something to wake you up because you've got a little too comfortable behind the wheel. Amen. It ain't no different in the kingdom of God. And that's what happens. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. That's what happens when the people of God get too comfortable. They start getting lazy. They start getting tired. You know what happens when you get comfortable? You know what also is another description of comfort, of being comfortable? Slothfulness. Uh, oh, yeah. But when you get too comfortable, what happens? You fall asleep. That's right. Amen. Okay, give me a couple scriptures. Idleness. Ecclesiastes 10.18. Sister Tara, go. Okay, Sister 10.18. Yes, Ecclesiastes 10.18. All right, uh, Sister Sandra, would you get me Proverbs 24, 30 through 34? We've got a lot of scriptures to cover. We're going to cover them quickly tonight. Sister uh, Sharon, would you give me First Peter 5, 8, and 9? Hold on to them, please. Now, okay, who's got the first scripture? Sister Tara. All right, Ecclesiastes. Remember, comfort is hand in hand with idleness. How many of you ever heard idleness is the devil's workshop? It is, that's right. Soldiers don't have time for R&R. We ain't got time for that. We don't have time to stop. Oh, excuse me. Pardon me. Okay. Time out. Time out. Time out. Stop shooting. Time out. Stop it, devil. Time out. Time out. I'm taking Here's my card. Here's my little, give me a time out card. I'm taking a break. How many times you ever seen that in a war? You ever seen that in a war? Brother, was you ever in the military? Huh? Did you did you ever hear that kind of stuff going on in the world? Did they have timeout cards when you was in the military? Ain't that no timeout cards? Oh, excuse me, General. Here, here's my timeout card. Don't mess with me. I mean, I've got I've got I got my own thing going on right now. Don't mess with me, General. Sir, I'm chilling, okay? Because I'm tired. They're blowing reveille over, and you're saying, "Shut up! Can't you see I'm trying to sleep?" I didn't get in till late last night. We throw down a party over at the barracks, and I'm tired. Come back at noon, and we'll talk about it. Is that is that how it worked? No, I didn't have it worked. Man, the next thing you'd have felt was a big boot upside your head. Your bed would have probably been thrown out in the creek. You'd been sleeping in the street for, for the next month. If they didn't throw you out of the military for something like that. Amen. Okay, what does it say? Mm, you know what? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you're the building of God. Did you know that? Yeah. The Bible says that you're the building of God. Amen. I'll get you that scripture in a little bit. I don't know where it's at off the top of my head. But we are the building. We are a building project of God. The Bible says, If the house be not built of me, they labor in vain that build it. If the Lord build not the house, they labor in vain that build it. How many of you have ever heard that? See that? 
We are the workmanship of God. Now, through much, where's that scripture? Yeah, come on with it again. See that? By much slothfulness, the building decayeth. Okay? And through idleness of hands, the house droppeth through. You see what I mean? Amen. Church, we cannot get to that place where we are still. Let me tell you something. You are never, ever truly still. You're either gaining ground with God or you're losing ground with God. There is not ever a time that you're not, that you, that you're not moving. To not gain ground with God is to lose ground with Him. To not move forward with God is to lose ground with God. Because He expects us to move forward. Amen. Who's got that next scripture? Come on, sister. Now this talks about, this is slothfulness. Come on with it. Okay, listen carefully. I went by the field of the slothful. Listen to this. Come on. And by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Yes. Looked upon it and received instruction. Yes. Yes. My, my, my. That's what happens. Church, when you can't get out of your comfort zone, that's what happens when you become so slothful. Did you know that the sloth sleeps 18 to 20 hours a day? Sleeps 18 to 20 hours a day. You ever seen one move? I mean, they just... Real slow. Definitely wouldn't be a good gunfighter. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have a problem catching one, that's for sure. I'm out of here. Amen. Read that again, sister. Now, y'all listen carefully as she reads this. Went by the field of the slothful, and by the vineyard of the man, no understanding. Go ahead. Okay, now listen carefully to that. You see what happens? Did you know that you ever heard the old saying? 
Moss don't grow on a rolling stone. You know why that is? Because it's moving. That's right. And did you know, when you get so comfortable that you're not moving anymore, you're going to get all overgrown with thorns and thistles and all kind of... Back up and read that right there. Listen to what it's talking about. The field of the slothful. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about a field that's not being tended to. It's just being left there because the, the owner of that field is too lazy to get up and do something. Have you ever had somebody or seen somebody in their neighborhood that didn't mow their yard, they never did nothing, didn't ever take care of nothing. I mean, now I'm not talking about somebody that just hadn't had time to get to it recently, but somebody that just continually never gets out and does anything to take care of their place. And it just, you, you, there's always a na- one or two in the neighborhood that just leaves it growed up. I mean, you, you, it never puts nothing up, never, I mean, junk all over the place, and, and it looks like a junkyard. That's a lazy, slothful person. Amen. Because if it was somebody that was really working and all that, making a bunch of money, they could pay somebody to do it. If I can't cut my yard myself, I'm going to pay somebody to do it. Amen. If I'm too busy to cut it, then that means I ought to be making enough money to pay to have it done. But if I've got time enough to do it, I'm going to do it myself because I'm not going to have a place to look like a junkyard. Amen. No matter what it is. Whether it's a nice house, whether it's a lean-to, I'm going to have a clean-looking lean-to. Amen. If it's a lean-to, it's going to be the nicest that I can make it. Amen. And that's just because that's the way I'm built. But but here it's telling you what happens to something when you don't. This is the wisest man ever lived right here. This is Solomon wrote this. Listen to what he said. Go ahead. Nettles had covered the face thereof. Even the stone wall. Listen carefully to that. Hey, the Bible says, I search for one that would stand in the gap, make up the hedge. There's a stone wall around you. Remember what the, remember what Satan said when, when, uh, um, when he said, have you considered my servant Job? Remember what Satan said? Remember what the devil said? He said, oh man, you got a hedge around him. What was that hedge? It was a stone wall. It wasn't Jesus that put that wall around that man. Let me tell you something. Let me help you understand something right quick. Uh, yes, God put a, yes, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost, praise God. It, God put the heads around it, but it wasn't Jesus built the wall. Amen. That man prayed and fasted, and that man sacrificed, and that man uh, uh, sacrificed every day on the behalf of his three children. Amen. And on the behalf of his kids, and and and, and to cover as a covering for his family. This man sought God, prayed, sought God, and that's how he built the wall. It wasn't slothfulness that built that wall around that man. Praise God. The Bible says he was a perfect man. He was complete. That man had a well-rounded, complete, whole life with God. Amen. He was a man after God's heart. God was first in his life. And because of that, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be in his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. And so he had it right. He had his priorities right. He had his commitment right. Amen. He had his covenant right. Praise God. He was a man that loved God, and he put God first in everything. So you better believe there was a stone wall around that man. Absolutely. But here it's talking about, uh, he went by the 
field of the sulfur, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you get too lazy to pray, when you get too lazy to get off in that Bible, when you get too lazy to, to touch Jesus and to get on your face before God, and I'm talking to everybody in this building, including me, I'm going to tell you something. The devil starts tearing the wall down. Man, there's nothing holding that wall up. The devil's constantly trying to pull that wall down. Only thing holds it up is the covenant. Only thing holds it in place is you. Praise God. Getting out of that comfort zone. Praise the Lamb of God. You are the tender of the fence. You are the tender of the hedge. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you've got to tend to it. Because if you don't, listen to what's happening right here. He looked upon it. See what he saw? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He looked upon this, and it spoke more wisdom to him. He saw the wisdom in this situation. He considered it well. Listen carefully. Remember when you was in travail? Do you remember labor? Yes! Oh, God, take me back! Oh, thank you, Lord! Wonderful, isn't it? Does it just make you want to do that every week? Oh, man, boy, it's a 30-hour ride. I loved it. And did you know, did you get your, did you get your uh, labor gram in the mail before it came? You didn't get your labor gram telling you what time and day and hour and everything, and minute it was coming? You didn't get that? See, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know why the, the labor gram stork or snork, whatever he is, doesn't bring it, and, and they never get that. But it just comes on, boom, just like that, doesn't it? You just walk, oh, 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 oh God, oh God! Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you get my point. Okay, so now read that again. So now that you got that part down, now let's go back and put put your understanding cap on now. She reads this. And it shall come upon you as... So shall thy poverty come upon thee as one that travaileth. And thy want as an armed man. That's right. That's right. Now, how many have ever, ever had somebody that's going to hold you up, call you up, say, hey, how you doing, man? Oh, cool. Awesome, man. Good. Listen, I'm fixing to come over and uh, I'm going I'm to jack you, man. I'm going to just look, drive your good truck, okay? Because I want, I know the black truck. I like it better. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and carjack you, you know. I'm gonna jack you over here, man, at this, uh, at this next light. So if you could, could you kind of, you know, maybe try to, Come early because I, I don't want to. I got places to be, and in order for me to get this thing across the border, you know. So if you could come early, you know, uh, and man, that way, you know, I could come and just try to time it so we can meet right there. Is that how it works? No, man. They come out of the dark and they come up on you when you least expect it. Boom, and that's what they do. Gosh, my, it's almost like that's what the devil does, isn't it? But the Bible says that your poverty is going to come on you like that. 
See? Amen. Now, okay. That's what happens with slothfulness. Comfort will put you to sleep. You get too comfortable? How many of you ever got real comfortable sitting on the couch and the next thing you know, it was morning? Or you sitting in your chair and you just going to sit down for a minute and the next thing you know, you wake up, all the lights is off, everything quiet, and everybody else just done gone to bed and left you in the chair because you just about to swallow your own teeth from snoring and and people were scared to get next to you, man. Scared they might get sucked in. So they just decided to leave you alone, man. <laughs> Say, man, I'm just going to tie everything down and go to bed, you know. And so uh, you get up, you wake up, all the furniture's right in front of you because you done sucked it over to you. Everybody just left you. Well, you was tired. But you know what? You got You got still. And that's what happens. It happens the same way in the kingdom of God. When you get too comfortable, it'll put you to sleep. God don't intend for you to get too comfortable. How many of you know that? Give me, Sister uh, Sister Sharon, you got a scripture already, don't you? Be sober. Be vigilant. You know what that means? Let's look at that. Let's look and see what the what the, what that means. Amen. Let's look at that. Praise God. All right, First Peter five. Look what it says here in eight. Okay, be sober, be vigilant, to keep awake. In example. To watch, to keep watch, to be vigilant, to be awake, to be watchful. See? The Bible tells us, and we're going to look at some scriptures here in a minute, that we're not creatures of the night. That we don't sleep as do other people. Amen. Okay, so go ahead. Read on. Okay, now wait a minute now. Listen. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It's talking specifically about the devil here. And then it says, whom resist. Steadfast in the faith, okay, whom resist. Talking about the devil. You need to resist him. You need to resist him and keep steadfast in the faith. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Knowing that the same afflictions, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. We're not the only ones going through this. No, most churches and most people are not. But we're not the only ones. We are a remnant, but there's more of us. There's more of this remnant in different places. I'm going to tell you what, there's thousands of people in churches that are, uh, that are, uh, 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 true doctrinal churches tonight. That are not part of this remnant. Just because you're in a, just because a, a person standing in a, 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 an auto, an auto garage don't mean you're an auto mechanic. Just because a person sitting in the pews in a, in a holiness church don't make them holy and it don't mean they're holiness. 
It has to do with that heart. Amen. It has to do with what you believe, what you stand for, and how you're walking the walk. Amen. Remember the message I just preached recently called Walking the Walk. Amen. There's more to this than just claiming it. Amen. You can talk the talk, but the Bible says, uh, amen, but your heart's far from me. We know some people like that. Amen. I know a lot of them like that. Now, so, there are others out there like us, though, that are being afflicted, just like we are. And there are afflictions that come along with this thing. The Bible says... Think it not strange, brethren, the beloved, think it not strange of fire trials that are to try you. There's things that, that you're going to go through in this walk. Amen. Okay. All right. Who's got 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6? Okay. Sister, uh, Sister Erica's got that. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6. Sister... Hutton, would you get me Matthew twenty four forty two and hold it for me, please? Yes, ma'am. See that? See that? Now, I like the way you read that. I like the way you read that because, see, you're getting it. And that's how you read the Word of God right there. You don't just read it. You read it as they said it. You try to turn those spiritual ears on and hear the voice in the Word. The voice, the Bible says calls the voice of the Word. Amen. There's a voice in that Word. Amen. I want to read it. I want to speak it like God spoke it. Like it was spoken. Amen. Like Paul meant it. When he wrote the letters and, and when the Bible was written, how the author wrote that book. He was saying something to somebody. These are not just words on a page. It's not a storyline. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a novel. It is a declaration. And so what they said right there, read that again. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Go ahead. Let us watch and be sober. You need to keep your eyes peeled. Amen. Because that devil, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a door in. He's looking for a way in. I was watching a, 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 a documentary here the other day about wolves and elk. And I watched this pack of wolves chasing these elk in, in Yellowstone. One of the largest herds of elk in the entire world. And I watched these wolves in, the, in this deep snow, belly deep snow, and they're chasing these elk. And they follow them for a long way, just observing. They just run them, just to run them. And, of course, these elk, are much taller than, than the, than the wolves, but the wolves are having to struggle more to go through that snow than they are, but they follow them, and they said the reason they follow them for such a long distance, they want to see which ones are slow, which ones are weak, which ones are fast, which ones are strong, and they size them up, 
and they see which ones may be injured or hurt or sick or weak, and that's the one they go for. And so they'll pull, they'll pull an elk down. You know, once they get, they pick out the one they want, then they all gang up on it. And, and so they follow him for a while. Let me tell you about a devil that follows you everywhere you go. He's just looking for an opportunity. Uh, uh what, what did you say? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, guys, this could be it. See? Oh, there it is. Jump on it. It's like, it's like, like fishing. You ever fished? You ever been fishing? You fish with a bobber? And all of a sudden, man, you see that little bobber. You know, you're sitting there going, this is boring. I hate this. Why do people do this stupid stuff? Golly, I hate this. And then all of a sudden, poof. Oh, hey, wait, I got a bite. I got a bite. I got a bite. Hey, all of a sudden, man, you got a, oh, you got this newfound energy. Oh, man, what? Oh, 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 look at that. Look at that. Oh, man, my God. Oh, it's a giant fish. Got to be a giant fish on there. I'm going to catch me a fish. That's exactly what that devil does. He walks, he follows you around. Man, and he tried to throw everything in the world at you. Finally, he finds the thing you're going to bite on. Oh, oh, there's a little nibble. Huh? Wait, oh, wake up, devils. Come on. Come on. Oh, 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 do you feel that? Oh, look at there. What's that? Uh-oh. Oh, 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 my, there it is. Come on, get the net. Get the net. Yeah. You're bigger than that. You're bigger than that when the devil's got you. Yeah, reeling you in. Get with the story, sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. You may be a little fish. You may be a little fish like that. But you know what makes you a big fish? Because all the people is going to fall because you do. That's what makes you a big fish. You're in the truth. That's what makes you a big fish. Amen. You know what makes you a big fish? You're rare. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You may not be the biggest fish in the world, but you're one of the rarest on the planet because you have the truth. Amen. You are a rarity. You're a rare find, and therefore you're priceless because there's very few of us left. And if he can cause one of us to fall by the wayside, buddy, I mean, it's like a snowball coming down the side of a mountain. It'll cause an avalanche. Amen. It'll take churches down. It'll take people out of the way that might have had a chance of getting in this wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. Woo! You have no time for comfort. They don't time for comfort. This ain't about comfort, folks. This is about get yourself out of that comfort zone and get busy. Amen. If you ain't moving, you ain't serving. You can't serve God sitting on your backside. Now, is that all of it? Yes. Now, a lot of people find comfort in popularity. <laughs> well, you ain't got to worry about that in this church. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about that in this walk. Because this is not a popular walk. And so... I don't care how they slice it. Did you know what? If you are in a church or in a walk that's popular, you're already in trouble. If you're in a walk or a, or, or, or a doctrine or a church and it's popular, you ain't going to make heaven.
You know why that is? Let's just take a look and see. Let's go over to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Listen to what it says over here in verse 18. If the world hate you, listen carefully. If the world hate you, know you know that it hated me before it hated you. Now listen carefully to this little nugget right here. Listen carefully to this. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. If you are loved by this world, you are not of God. Because it said if you were of the world, the world would love its own. So if you are loved by this world, you are of this world. Because the world loves its own. But because... Everybody say, because. Because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. You are to be hated. God declared it right there. That the world will hate you because it hated him. You cannot be loved by this world because they don't love Him, therefore they will not love you. If they love you, you're not following Him. Because He said He left us an example that we should walk as He walked. And honey, if you walk as He walked, they're going to hate you just like they hated Him. Amen. There ain't no, I, and I'm getting ready to preach a message. You women think you're covered up? You ain't near as covered up as God wants you. Oh, Lord God! Oh, no, he didn't just say that! Oh, God! Shoot him now! I knew I was going to change churches! Y'all walk around half-naked compared to what God planned. <gasps> what? Oh, 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 no, he didn't! <laughs> oh, look at all that. He even got her turned around. Oh, God, what's going on? You know how I know that? You look at how the people of God were dressed back in the day he walked the earth. You know, of course, all that's changed now, right? Because he changes with the times, right? Oh, no, that ain't changed a bit. And I'm getting ready to preach a message on that. God intended for modesty. And I mean modesty that your mind can't even grab a hold of. And I hear the American people talking about the way the Muslim women dress. You know what them Muslim women, you know where they got that? You know where they got that? They got that from the Jews, honey. That's where that came from. That came from the Jewish women that were dressed by Jesus, dressed by God Himself. That's where they got that dress from. Their face was covered. Their robes were to their feet. And there wasn't none of that showing, no kind of way. And it took all that nonsense out of men's minds. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not fixing to tell y'all y'all need to... Start putting on Shaduras and all that. But I do want you to understand something. We serve the same God that walked that earth back then. We serve the same God that had a whole lot more in place back in that day. 
This is a way watered-down version out here. We look at the world out there and call that a watered-down version, but let me tell you something. The holiness of the church today is a watered-down version, amen, compared to that by miles. You know it. I see them heads shaking. Shake them heads right. You know I'm right. Shake them. Shake them heads, amen. You need to be shaking your head, woman. You know I'm right. It ain't about comfort. Oh, it ain't comfortable wearing a deal like that and all that kind of stuff when it's 110 degrees outside. No, it's not. But they don't do it for that reason. It's done out of modesty. But yet the, this country says, Well, men ought to be able to tell. You know what? Men are designed just like God designed them to be. But God never intended, since sin entered into the scenario, God never intended for those kind of things to be flaunted in front of a man. And a man, yes, he ought to have self-control. He sure ought to, and he's going to have to answer God if he don't. But there's a whole lot going on out there in this world that could be prevented. It's a two-way street. Amen. This ain't about comfort. I've had people many times say, man, had them the other day, say, dear God, man, I got on a job, and I had some church business to attend to, too. So I was in a suit, tie, you know. I come to the job, and the guy says, man, uh, uh, do all your guys wear suits uh, on the job when they're putting stuff in and stuff? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I said, man, you got to be crazy. <laughs> I don't let my guys wear the cheap suits. They're in tuxedos. wasn't the answer he was looking for. <laughs> but you know what, folks? There's a whole lot of times people would look at you. I know there's times that people look at each one of you ladies when you're down on your knees doing something and when that dress kind of tugging, pulling on you and you're like, they're all there thinking, Dear God, what's crazy? You're crazy. Why are you doing oh, Why do they do that? Oh, they're just doing that just to make me mad. They're just doing it. Oh, well, they're holier than thou. <laughs> By leaps and bounds, honey. By leaps and bounds, sister. That's all you need to say. Somebody says, holier than thou. I just say leaps and bounds. That's all you got to say. Leaps and bounds. Yeah, leaps and bounds. They, they won't get it. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah, but right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now, do you know what? Now, let me just drop a thought in your mind. Just we're on a little side note. Do you know how women look at y'all and say, Oh, dear God. I can't believe their husbands forced them to do that. Oh, God. Just makes me sick. Look what they've caused women to do. Look what they've caused them to be. You know where I'm fixing the head with this, don't you? How many of y'all ever looked at them Muslim women and said, Oh, dear God, oh, look what their husbands make them do. Praise 
God that there's still women that are willing to do that. It may be for Satan, and we know it is, but they don't know it. They think they're doing it for God, and they're willing to do that for the devil. It's all a matter of perspective. We look at them thinking that's crazy and extreme overboard. The world looks at us thinking we're extreme, crazy, and overboard. Can you see the pattern? Jesus started off years ago. You know what it was all about? God wanted us to be separated from other people. He had stringent guidelines about what His people were to wear. I mean stringent guidelines. And it was so that when somebody looked and saw, immediately they knew they were of God. They were a separated people. They didn't mingle and hobnob. They did not socialize and fellowship with everybody. They didn't mingle tribes together. But they stayed to themselves. They separated themselves unto God. They were a separated people. They moved together, stayed together. Yeah. Wasn't about being comfortable. It was about being holy. It was about being godly. It was about following a standard. Amen. It's not about making you miserable as a woman. It's not about making you uncomfortable. It's not, there's nothing of comfort even in the issue. It's not even in the scenario. It's nothing to do with it. When it comes to living for God, comfort shouldn't even be in the conversation. It's got nothing to do with anything that has to do with comfort or discomfort. All it has to do with is he said it, that settles it. There you go. Listen, it's about living a godly life. There are reasons we do what we do. It's not just so we can say we're Pentecostal and you're not. We're going and you're not. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is God set parameters in His Word and we follow those parameters. Some of those things we may understand completely. Some of them we may not understand completely. But nevertheless, whether you do or whether you don't, God put it in there for a reason. He is not a happenstance God. He did it on purpose. There's a reason for it. Amen. And His reason is right, honey. I'm going to tell you whether you ever believe it or understand it or not, it's right. Amen. And sometimes you just have to believe Finally, follow God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a lot of times, man, when I don't feel like putting this stupid suit on. Especially, man, when I have to leave and, and uh, I'm coming, I leave and I go leave my office and, uh, uh, just like today, I had to, uh, I had one appointment. Then I had to come back. I had to do all kind of other different things today, but I still had some things I had to do that was in the ministry. So whether it's a five minute deal in the day and the rest of the day's all construction or whatever, this goes on. And that means i got to come all the way back, change everything, change my whatever, whatever. It don't matter. It's not about whether it's convenient, whether it's comfortable, whether it's a... Uh, 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 it has nothing to do with that. Nothing whatsoever to do with it. That does not enter into the scenario. The thing is, I'm with Jesus. And... I'm with him. I mean, 
That's the bottom line. And no, it's not always comfortable, as is with you ladies. And I'm not, I'm not getting on y'all at, at all. Please don't take it that way. I'm just dropping some thoughts in your mind about some of the stuff that sometimes we look at thinking, thinking people are crazy. And other people look at us thinking we're crazy. We look at other people that think we're, that, that they're crazy. And I'm going to tell you, you can learn something from, from anybody. You can learn a lot of things from anybody. I'm going to tell you one thing that the Muslims don't do that we do, and I've seen us, and I've been guilty of it. Put your Bible, just throw your Bible over on the chair or on the table. Buddy, they don't never do that to the to that book of lies and, and hell's book. They call it the Koran. Man, that and, and it never and, and a true Muslim never sets it below his head. Never sets the word of God below his head. It's always up on the mantle. Never puts that book on the floor or nothing like that. Oh man, they'd be hedgy for something like that. True Muslims. I mean, but and, and they memorize it from children. They memorize it word for word, front to back, page page to page. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. When they're grown, buddy, they know that book. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot you can learn from people. You can look at people like the like the uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and people like that. You know what? They're as wrong as they can possibly be, but they got witnessing down to a science, buddy. They got commitment down to an art. Oh, they're committed. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be hated. You're going to be hated because the Lord was hated. It's not a popular walk. Amen. He chose us out of the world. He said, remember that the world that I had, that I said unto you, he said, remember that the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You've been persecuted even not knowing you're persecuted. People talk about you behind your back. You're the talk of the, you're the talk of the party. Yeah, where you work. Oh, God, did you see that? Pentecostals. Oh. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I can just hear it. Who do they think they're fooling? You know, that's what they that's what their idea is. Just like the devil say some crap like that, isn't it? Who do they think they're fooling? <laughs> I'm not fooling nobody, devil, but you're fooling you're fooling people. Evidently you think you're gonna make it, but you ain't. <clears throat> Those that are not accepted are hated. Those that are chosen, that the Lord chose. The Bible says, if they have, if they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. Because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not known, or they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. See what I mean? There's a whole lot of things that you might have could have had an excuse at one time over. Oh, that's over now. Oh, that's behind you now. No cloak for your sin now, because now you know. See? Amen. And it's up to us to help other people. 
No, got people in blankets and people fanning with fans. My, my. It's a a mixture. (laughs) Amen. Now, okay, 2442 Matthew, go. Brother, give me Matthew 2513. What hour your Lord doth come. Yes. That's all right. Watch, man, you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Amen. Go ahead, 2513. Sister Sharon, Mark 1335. See that? Watch, therefore. That don't sound like lay up and, 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 and get comfortable. Ain't nothing about no comfort involved in that. It's watch, beware, keep your eyes open, be vigilant, be sober. Those, those, all those things are completely contrary to comfort. They no comfort in that. It's be aware. You are a watchman. We're to be watching for His return. He's coming as a thief in the night. He's coming in an hour that you think not. And if you are asleep when He comes... You know the story of the five wise and five foolish virgins. Amen. Now, okay, who's got that next one? Sister Sharon. That's right. That's right. Sister Erica, First Peter 4, 7. Sister Tara, Revelations 3 and 3. Go. First Peter 4, 7. Be ye therefore sober. The end is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. Watch. Amen? Okay. Revelation 3 3, go. See that? You hear that? <laughs> Who's that talking? That's the Lord. <laughs> I will come upon thee in an hour that you know not, if you will not watch. Man, that's some serious business right there, buddy. That ain't, he ain't playing. Watch, he said, if you will not watch. How many of you understand you only got one shot at this? This is why I jump up and down so much. We only got one, one, one time here. This ain't but one shot. I don't know when you're gonna be gone. I don't know how long you got. I don't know how long I got. Okay. Now, I want y'all to, uh, uh go with me because we're gonna go to a couple more scriptures and I'm getting ready to close. Okay, let's go to, uh, Acts chapter 20. I'm gonna start in 27. The Bible says, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now listen carefully, church. 
Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves. Listen to me tonight. Take heed, therefore, unto you, your, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God. which he hath purchased with his own blood. This is Paul talking to the Ephesian elders. He said, look, for I know this, or I know this, that after my departing, listen carefully, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Church, as I said, I don't know when the Lord's coming for you. I don't know when the Lord's coming for me. But while I'm here, my job is to keep you stirred up and taught up and filled up and fed up and watered up, amen, and filled up with the Word of God and with the power of the Holy Ghost and with truth, amen, and with discipline and character, amen, with covenant, praise God, with commitment, hallelujah, until that such a time as the Lord decided to draw me home that you've got enough to hold you until the trumpet sounds or the Lord comes for you, praise God. And that you got enough foundation in you that there ain't no grievous wolf going to enter in and pull you aside with nothing. So help me, God. My job is to help you have enough of this in you to last you until the Lord comes. Amen. Because there ain't another church like this one. There's some other churches out there that's got some doctrine just like we got. But you will never find another church like this one. There's going to be a lot more lackadaisical preaching and things. You ain't going to find this. You ain't going to find it. I've been to lots of Pentecostal churches. You ain't going to find this. You might have three scriptures, four scriptures, in a, or maybe six. You ain't never going to have 40 scriptures in a message. You ain't never going to have no hour and a half message. And they're not ever going to stop long enough for you to, uh, to explain it like we do in this church. But I want you to have enough of that Bible written on your heart. Amen. And you're going to have more Bible written on your heart. You already got more on your heart right now than you have any idea you got. You don't have any idea how much this Bible's written on your heart. 
Until, until the day and the hour, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me just saying that. Man, when the, I will tell you, when the day and the hour comes that you need it, it's going to be right there. And you're going to be saying, whoa, man, oh, man. You, you'll be turning around and saying, oh, Lord God, where did that come from? Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. And you know what it come from? It come from that mean old pastor. Amen. That, uh, that, uh, harps and, and jumps up and down, kicks and snorts. Amen. But praise God, I'm going to tell you what, man. God loves this church. God loves the people of this church. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's something about commitment. There's something about commitment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't nothing like the people of God. Hallelujah. Okay. Now. Okay. Now I want us to, I want us to uh, uh, go to uh, Second Peter. And I'm getting ready to close. Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter one. Second Peter one thirteen. Paul said, I mean, Peter said it this way. He said, "Yea, I think it meet." As long as I'm in this tabernacle, what tabernacle? His body, that's right. To stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Praise God. And that's all I'm doing here tonight. I have preached till I'm blue in the face for years. But there comes times where you need to hear these things just to put you in remembrance. Amen. To put you in remembrance and keep them fresh in your mind. Because if we're not careful, we start getting off in that comfort zone, and that's a place of illusion. You can't have holiness and salvation where there's comfort. Now, the Bible talks about comfort yourselves with the Word, comfort yourselves with the Holy Ghost and all that stuff. But that's not talking about sleepy time comfort. That's not talking about laying up there and falling asleep. That ain't talking about lulling yourself to sleep and not doing anything for the kingdom of God. That's a whole different scenario. The comfort I'm talking about is the kind of, is, is the kind of stuff that takes you out of the path. Amen. I've seen people, man, that's so, that, that just uh, so complacent. That ought to be a, you can't, it'd take a stick of dynamite to blow them up out of their chair. Holy Ghost could be, move the building out from under them and they'd still be sitting right there in that chair. Whole building collapsing around them. But you know what? Everything sucked up into heaven, they'd still be sitting there too. Gonna be a whole lot of surprises going on. There's gonna be a whole lot of people saying, Lord, Lord, but Lord, Lord, didn't I, didn't I, didn't I, Lord, Lord, but didn't I, didn't I, and the Lord's probably going to say, you did. <laughs> but all that stopped, didn't it? Yeah. Everybody, they go by the way of the grave. Lord, Lord, did not depart from me. Okay, Second Peter 3, 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. 
Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of His coming? Stirring up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Church, that's what I'm doing, because y'all got some pure minds. You do. You're great Christians, great soldiers in the army of the Lord. I'm here to stir up that pure mind in you. Amen. I want to keep that pure mind stirred up. That's what you come for. You don't come to just be re-energized. You come to be re-holyized. Amen. That's what you need to be is re-holyized. Amen. You need to be re-Christianized. Amen. Rejuvenated. Praise God. Amen. You need to, to get back in here where there's some holy stuff going on. Back in here where we got some praising Jesus going on. Amen. Where we all in the same mind, same heart, same, one mind and one accord, praise God. Amen. We get rejuvenated. It's like we come together and we just start, man, we just start rubbing and rubbing uh, 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 up against the Lord and the Holy Ghost, praise God. And next thing you know, the whole building lights up. Amen. Well, we're getting recharged up. We got a few more days to make it till Sunday. Amen. I need it. I need it. I need to be with God. I need to be with the family of God. I need to be with my brothers and sisters. Amen. I draw strength from this stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. As I'm preaching it to you, I'm preaching it to me. Praise God. Amen. It's the Word of God, man. It's for everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love it. Praise God. I like it like this. I like it like this. I never did like much watering down on anything. Just give it to me straight, man. You know, don't sit there and... You ever have somebody try to sit there and beat around the bush and just mully-grubbing around and tiptoeing and finally just saying, spit it out, boy. <laughs> What'd you come to say? You know, just spit it out. You're fired. <laughs> well, there you go. That wasn't hard, now was it? Now I can spend the rest of my day and you can too. <laughs> you know, well, you'll sit there and beat around the bush for man. Spit it out. I want the truth. I want to know what it's going to take for me to make it home. Because this is for all the marbles. I don't want to go to hell. I want to make it to heaven, praise God. I want to know what it takes to get there. I don't care what your theory is. What does the Lord say? Because He's the one that, He's the one has the keys to the door, buddy. Amen. You ain't got the keys. I want to know what the man said that made the door. The one that's standing in the door said, I am the door. Well, what's he going to take to get in there? He's the doorkeeper. What's he have to say about it? I ain't worried about what you say about it. You ain't the doorkeeper. I'm going to tell you a motto I've always followed. My and my, You know why I keep my truck... Full of stuff. And I can't, even when I cleaned it out, it ain't very long. It's all packed back in there. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just cannot do it. Even though I don't work on the jobs, even though I, I you know, my guys do all the work and all, I just can't do it. Because my motto has always been this. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Amen. That's my motto, buddy. I'd rather, and my wife, she keeps her truck clean. That's why we use her truck. We go somewhere like to eat or something like that. But if there's anything else, I use my truck because it's got everything you need. 
I mean, man, my, my get out to a job, my guy say, man, I left my salt. That's one in my truck. Oh, man, man, oh, man, I don't have a, I don't have a drill bit. What size you need? Uh, man, I don't, man, I, I don't, do you have extension cord? Yes, I do. Do you have a, do you have a, a, a jigsaw? Yeah, I do. It's in the back of my truck. Do you, uh, man, do you have a, uh, do you have a dolly? It's in the back of my truck. Oh, man, do, uh, do you have a, man, do you have a, uh, do you have a pop ribbon gun? Do you have any pop ribbons? Yeah, they're in the back of my truck. Uh, man, do, do you have a, uh, uh, man, do you have some wire? Yeah, there's some in the back of my truck. Whatever you need for jobs that I do, honey, it's in the back of my truck. Go get it. Now, they may not be a three or four of them back there, but there is one of them back there, you know. And that's just the way it is. Yes, it's inconvenient. Because when I go to look for something, I don't like driving around with a truck full of stuff. And my wife is like, oh, God, he can't find nothing back there. Oh, Lord, God. Oh, Lord. Oh. And she disses on me all the time, you know. Uh, I say, oh, we got something in the truck. Oh, well, good luck finding it in that mess. Uh, you know, she does it. She loves that. She's like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, well, you know what? This mess, praise God, this mess right here is buying them cookies, honey. You know, so, <laughs> praise God, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not at this point. I, I don't know. I forgot who I was talking to. See, now her mind, she would have to be completely prayed back through at this point to even be in church with us the rest of the night. Because now she's going through her mind in the cabinets in my house as we speak. She's searching cookies right now. Oh, see, see, she knows. Now, cookies, she knows. Now, that scripture I just read, now... <laughs> <laughs> what scripture? Is there a scripture about cookies? Yeah. Stay with me tonight.